0: God, we acknowledge that in and of ourselves, we are nothing and there is nothing that we can do apart from you. God, nothing in our hearts, nothing in our lives, nothing in heaven or on earth is worth anything separated from you. God, we just pray that you would help us to know, understand, and find our identity in the depths of who you are. For it's your name we pray. incredible just to worship with you guys this morning sound awesome I love that refrain that we get to sing about God and his holiness and how that impacts our lives is such a powerful truth and uh, we're grateful that you're here to worship with us today and we just want to celebrate God's word and his truth if you will turn to Matthew chapter 5 with me this morning and uh, we will have a chance to hear straight from what God has to say in uh, in just a second but as you're turning there I have a question for you this morning and well before I do that even uh, I'm going to let you know a little a little secret we had some uh some glitches that took place this week and so and some changes that took place and so uh you're going to notice on your outline if you're a person who's OCD and likes to fill in all the blanks you're not going to get them all today. Uh, we're only going to do about half of what's on there today, and you, so that means you have to come back next week and get the other half of the blanks, okay? Uh, and so we also had some problems with our technical stuff, so there won't be things on the screen this morning, but if you'd like to follow along on the U version app, you can follow along. All the notes and the passages of Scripture will be there, and so, uh, so feel free to join us in that. Uh, so here's the question to kick things off. Uh, have you ever uh, had someone promise you something and then go back on their promise. that ever happened to anybody? Yeah, that's that's no fun, is it? That happens to us all the time. And people will make a promise, a claim, and then they'll go back on their word. They won't do what they said. And so then you kind of have to confront them and go, hey, you told me you were going to be here. You told me you were going to do this, and you didn't do it. And so what's the next thing they do? They kind of up the ante a little bit, and they go, okay, well, listen, I swear I will do that tomorrow. Like, I will get right on that. That's my next thing. I promise. I swear I'll do that. And then they still don't do it and you have to go back to them again and be like, bro, you swore. You told me you would do that. And he goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then they have to up it again, right? And this is where you get to the point where they're like, listen, I mean, this is going to get serious here. I swear on my mother's grave, right? Or, or you get to that person that goes, I swear to God that I'm going to... If, anybody ever been there where you know that just got... Why do people do that? Well, a couple of things. I think they want you to believe and know I'm taking this really, really seriously. So I'm swearing on something really big. But the other thing is, I don't know necessarily that their character can be trusted. And so they have to make promises or swear to make you feel like you can trust them. And so today we get to a passage of Scripture in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount where He's been following along and teaching us about how to live as believers in Him, how to be Christians in this culture. And in a time where lots of people are doing crazy things in a culture we don't necessarily completely understand, how are we supposed to live out the teachings and the principles of God and His Word, so that we look like and behave like followers of Jesus. And so this morning in Matthew chapter 5, listen to what Jesus says as He continues His teaching. He says, again, you've heard that it was said to a people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you've made. But I tell you, do not swear on oath at all, either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by the earth, for it's His footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great King. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything that comes beyond this is from the evil one, or some of your translations say is evil, right? And so here's what Jesus is starting to get at when he tells us that we're not supposed to make oaths and then break them. He's thinking back to what the people have known and heard from the Old Testament period of time forward to the time of Jesus. And so the question would be, well, is it wrong to make oaths, to swear on a vow, to, to have something that you tell someone, I promise I'll do this, I swear I'll do this. And the answer simply is no, it's not necessarily immoral or wrong. In fact, uh, Moses in the Old Testament would make a, a vow or a swear to the people. God would swear on himself to people. And so there's this, uh, this idea of a belief that we say, if I'm going to swear on something, it's going to have value and I'm going to follow it through. And so the Old Testament context that I want us to look at this morning uh, is that if you're going to make a vow before people and before God, then that shows a level of seriousness on your part to do what you say. The problem is, is that we don't always do what we say. And so Jesus is going to point us back and say, listen to what the Old Testament says. You've heard it said That if you make a vow, then you need to fulfill it. Don't break your vow. And so here's how the Old Testament kind of looks at this. There are several passages we can go to. We're not going to hit them all today, but there are several. Let me just read a few to you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. In other words, you see God saying, listen, my name is sacred. And if you attach my name to something, it doesn't mean I swear to God or whatever he's saying, but if you make a vow, if you swear and you say on God's name, I swear I'll do this, and then you break that vow, you're misusing the name of God. So don't swear on God's name. If you misuse the name of the Lord your God, He will not hold you guiltless for misusing His name. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 12. Do not swear falsely by my name, and so profane the name of the Lord your God, for I am the Lord. So he says, don't swear falsely. Don't say you're going to do something in my name and then not follow through and not do it. Numbers, chapter 30, verse 2. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he says. So, The Bible doesn't say, excuse me, the Bible doesn't say it's wrong to make a vow. It's wrong to make an oath. It's wrong to swear that you're going to do something. But it says don't break that vow. God takes seriously your word. He takes seriously his name attached to your word. And so if you're going to say, I swear under God, I swear on oath, I swear by heaven, I'll do this, then you need to follow through. So that's what the Old Testament is pointing us to. The last passage we'll look at, Deuteronomy 23, verses 21 through 23 says this, If you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it. For the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, you will not be guilty. Whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do, because you made your vow freely to the Lord your God with your own mouth. And So he says, listen, if you make a vow, Do what it says and do it in a timely manner. Do it in the right time. Don't wait. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate. Do what you say. You made a vow to God. You do what you say. Then he says, if you don't make a vow, then great. If you refrain from making a vow, you're not going to be guilty. So there's no reason to swear yourself into allegiance to something if you don't have to. Just, it's okay. Don't make a vow. Just let it go. Don't say anything that's going to tie you to something you're not willing to do. But if you're going to say you're going to do something, then do it. For whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do. Because you've made your vow freely to the Lord with your own mouth. Now, that pushes us toward the context in which Jesus comes along. And by the time Jesus comes along, people had started making these decisions about what was binding in a vow and what was non-binding. And so the things that were upper echelon vows, I swear to God, I swear by heaven, I swear on Jerusalem, those are big time kinds of things. So if you swear on that, you better be sure you do that. But if you say, you know what, I swear by the earth, I swear on my own head, I swear according to the sandals on my feet, like there's no big, big binding thing there, right? And so it's like, ah, that's kind of a lower standard. But if you're going to swear big things, you better do them. But if you're not, then you've got these non-binding things. And so Jesus comes along and He says, you guys are trying to work these vows and these oaths and these promises into a system where you can take advantage of other people. And you're willing to say, I promise, I swear on oath, I'll do this. And by God, I'll do it. Or by heaven, I'll do it. Or by Jerusalem, I'll do it. But then you're not following through. You're not doing what you said you would do. You're using a system to your advantage because what you say is not binding, then you don't have to agree to do something. You can promise somebody, but it's not a binding promise, so you just get away with it. You don't do what you said. And so Jesus comes along and he says, listen, it's not immoral to make a vow, it's not wrong to make a vow, but it needs to be done. And by the time Jesus comes along, he starts to say this, so don't make a vow or an oath at all. Instead... Just let your yes be yes or your no be no. And here's what he says. As we look at this passage, he says, I tell you, don't swear on oath at all, either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by the earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And don't swear by your own head, for you can't make even one hair white or black. Jesus comes into the picture and he says this, listen, you guys are making promises on heaven. You can't do that. That's not, that doesn't belong to you. That's the same as swearing on God. Why? Because God owns that. That's his throne. Well, we swear on oath. No, don't, you can't do that. That doesn't belong to you either. That belongs to God. His name is attached to earth. It's His footstool. Well, then we swear on the city of Jerusalem. Well, that's not really for you to use for gain either because that belongs to the great king. Not David, not Solomon. The great king is the Messiah. That's Jesus Himself. He says that doesn't belong to you. Don't swear on Jerusalem. That's not yours. You can't use something that's attached to God for your gain and then take it back. So don't swear on that. Don't even swear on your own head. Who has the ability to make their hair grow or to make a single hair turn white or black? Some of you guys gave up on the hair growing thing a long time ago, didn't you? It's like, yeah, we can't do that. God's in charge of that. You're not. You can't make a single hair grow. You can't turn your hair from white to black. Some of you ladies might have been trying that one, right? And so we've been dying here. Guys, we're guilty of that one too. We die, right? And so you starts to turn gray. You're going to do something. And so we look at things and go, yeah, yeah, I can do that. No, 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 not naturally. You can't. Only God controls what your hair looks like. If it grows or if it turns white or if it turns black, that's God's decision. So you can't even swear on your own head because you're made in the image of God. His personality is stamped into you. His order of creation is stamped into you. You are God's. So don't swear on that. Jesus says don't swear on any of these things. Instead, what you need to do is let your yes be yes and your no be no. For anything else, is evil. And so here's the timeless truth that we point out today. When you and I make and break promises with God's name attached to them, then what we start to do is we ruin. We don't just ruin our character. We slander God's great name. We don't just ruin our character when we say, I promise I'll do something, then we don't do it. Now, all of a sudden, people look at you and go, man, he's not a person of his word. She's not a person of her word. I can't trust them. They said they were going to do something, but then they never did. I can't trust them. Their character's ruined. Jesus says you attach God's name to it. It's not just your character that's ruined. It's God's name as well. That people around us go, yeah, those Christians, they can't be trusted. They promise to do a certain amount of work or they promise to follow through with something, but then they don't. And who does that reflect on? Not just you and me, but on our God as well. And so Jesus says, just don't swear on oath at all. Just let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. And then let your character confirm your yes and your no. Let your character shine through of God's standards. So here's the thing. The basic concept of this from the Old Testament is on your outline. The law says you must carry out the vows you've made to the Lord. That's the basic concept. You make a vow to the Lord carry out the vow. Here's what Jesus comes along and says, the broadened concept. Jesus says, don't make any vows. Just say yes or no. That should suffice. So if someone asks you to do something, yes, I'll do it. Then do. No, I can't do that. Then don't. But just say yes or no. Jesus' words, when He tells us these things, when we speak, it's as if Jesus is speaking through us. So let your yes be yes and your no be no and let your character support your claim. Yes, I'll do that. Then do it and let your character show that you're a person of your word. No, I won't do that. Then don't and let your character show that you're a person of your word. Let your character support your claim. So this can be huge in our culture because right now, especially in a little of a political season like we're in where we see all kinds of grandiose promises being made by all kinds of parties and all kinds of affiliations, right? Everybody's promising the world to everybody. We're going to fix everything. It's all going to be good. And then they really, whether they intend to do that and just can't, or they don't intend to do that and they're just saying things to make your ears perk up and go, oh yeah, they're going to do what they say. Everybody's making promises, many of which will not ever be carried through. And so in a watching world, when we're going, I know when I look at our system, when I look at our government, when I look at our world around us, and I know what it looks like to see people who make claims, who make promises, who make decisions, and then they don't follow through. So as Christians, as followers of Jesus... When we stand up and say, this is what I will do, then Jesus says, you need to do that because your character is on the line. You need to stand up and do what you say you're going to do. You need to follow through. So in our our world, when we look at this and go, how can this be transformative to us? It seems simple to just say, it's yes or it's no. How does that transform anything? Well, imagine a non-Christian world. Imagine your non-Christian peers looking at your life. And being able to say, you know what, when you say yes to something, I know I can trust you. Imagine you're involved at PTA with your school. You're a volunteer and the head of the PTA who's trying to organize all kinds of volunteers. This happens at my kids' school all the time. And they get so frustrated because people promise stuff and then don't do it. Imagine your PTA head or whoever it is in your life that says, I'm so thankful for you because when you say you'll be there for something, you show up. When you say yes, you do what you're going to say. And I'm so grateful for that. That speaks volumes to them. What about at your job where your boss looks at you and says, you know what? I just am so grateful for you because you always do what you tell me you're going to do. You're always willing to go the extra mile. You're always willing to do what's asked of you. And when you tell me you'll do something, you do it and you do it to the best of your ability. Thank you so much. I can't trust everybody like that, but I can trust you and I'm so grateful for that. Think about it if you're a student or maybe even in your jobs you've got group kind of work that you do. Anybody hate being assigned to groups like, oh, great, here goes the group project. Why do we hate that stuff so much? Because we know people are going to go, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, and then they don't do it, right? They don't carry their own weight, and so we hate that. So listen, students or people in, in jobs that work with groups, if you're in a group and you say, this is what I'm responsible for, this is what I do, do your part, carry your weight. You don't have to be responsible to everybody, but you do need to be responsible to you. If you look at everybody else on your team and go, well, they're not doing their stuff either, so I won't do my stuff. Well, then you're not any better than they are. Do what's asked of you. Do what you volunteer for. Do what's required. I had a, a situation in seminary where something like this happened. We were in a, a class and I was put into a group with five people that I didn't know. And uh, and so you would think at seminary where people go to learn to be pastors that if somebody says, hey, we're in this group, here's our job, I'll do it, that you could go, oh, great, The the you know, the current or future pastors are going to do their job no that's not how it works not even seminary hate to bust your bubble but that's not exactly how it always goes down uh and so we get into this group and i remember being like this thing is assigned to us we've got to do this and so uh, me and another guy we helped kind of form our group and put it together and go okay here's this is your role this is your role this is your role are you good with that yes okay well here's when we're going to meet first to make sure everybody's doing their job get ready for that you good with that oh yeah we'll be there we'll be at the meeting great we get to the first meeting me and Steve, the guy that helped me head this up, Steve Brown, we're the only two people that show up. We're like, oh, great, man. I mean, like, we've got this whole thing, and nobody else came from our group to help with the job. So we go back to class. Hey, you guys working on this? We, did, we had this meeting. Oh, yeah, something came up. I couldn't be there. Well, are you doing it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm totally working on that. We get to the day of the project, and nobody's ready for their deal. Nobody's ready to present. Steve and I have done all of this work. We've got everything ready, PowerPoint's built, all this kind of stuff. And the other guys show up, and they are not ready at all. And our presentation bombed big time. And so Steve and I are like, oh, my gosh, we've got, we've got to say something to the professor. So we go to the professor and we say, listen, I mean, here's what we did. Here's what we asked them to do. Here's what our responsibilities were. Here's what was expected. And they didn't carry through. And, and we know this is going to reflect on us. And the professor went, I could tell that you guys were ready. I could tell they weren't. And so your grade will reflect that. And sure enough, our grade was higher than the other three guys in our group. And so you go, that's what saying yes is about. Steve and I said yes, and then we did it. The other guys said no, and they didn't do it. Or said yes, and then they didn't do it. And so why do I tell you that story? Well, here's why. Because your yes shines through. So let's fast forward a year. The church that I'm serving on staff with is ready to hire a new staff person, a full-time pastoral staff position. And I went to, to my pastor at the time, and I said, there's a guy that we've got to get in here knowing what I know about our team dynamic, knowing what I know about what people need to do, somebody that we can trust on, count on, we need to hire Steve Brown. And so we went through this process, and sure enough, Steve got hired on to be at our staff and was a huge, huge blessing to our staff team. You know, Steve had no idea that a year before, his yes and his character to follow through with his yes, A year later would result in him being hired on at his first church in a full-time staff position. But his yes shined through. His character was carried out. And so we need to be people who will say, our claims need to be supported by our character. Let your yes be yes. And let your no be no. And so when we think about these things, there's this idea of saying yes to things. But we also need to learn the opposite side of this coin. Because Jesus doesn't just say, say yes to everything. He says, say yes and be willing to say no. And some of us need to learn to say no. Does anybody have a problem saying no? I have a problem saying no. Sometimes you're embarrassed. So say no. I have a hard time saying Okay, like, yes, we have a difficult time saying no. I'm a people pleaser. I like to say yes to people. Can you do this? Yes. Like, I can. I, no, I can't. Like, but I like to say yes. And so Jesus comes along and He says, you can say yes, but you can also say no. It's okay. It's okay to say no. And if you feel the pressure to say yes to everything, then you're going to put yourself in a situation where your life's not always going to be manageable. And so for a lot of us, we look at things and go, you know what? My kids are great at at 15 sports, and I think we should say yes to all of them. You, You can't. Some of us need to say, you can do one or two. We can't do 15 at a time. It's impossible. Yes to these, no to these. We need to say no for a lot of us. That we just go, what's our a day in our life look like? Maybe you've got a night where you just say, we've got a. Uh a birthday party and a a community group event and there's a fundraiser at the school for the kids and we've got all these different things and so I've got three places on the same night I'm supposed to be and so I've spent all week trying to figure out how can I be at this one for 15 minutes and this one for 20 minutes and this one for 40 minutes and my life is just crazy trying to figure out and can you pick up the kids at this location and move them to this location and then I'll meet you there and we'll get them back to the third location and it's like oh and by the way there's different times so now we've got kids going at different times and it's like chaos. Some of the things that we need to look at in our life is just to understand that we need to be able to say no. It's okay if we say this is important. We'll say yes to this. These are important, but they're not vastly important today. We need to say no to that one this time. Let's say no. And be okay to look at things and say, there's a time to say yes, there's a time to say no. Because the choices in our lives can be overwhelming. There are so many good things to say yes to. It's kind of like going to one of my favorite restaurants here in town. Does anybody like McAdoo's? I have this menu for McAdoo's. McAdoo's has 84 menu items. Most of them are sandwiches. How many different kinds of sandwiches can you have? McAdoo's knows. They have tons. And it would be easy for me to go, you know what? Yes. Could you just bring me one of everything? I mean, Yes. And some to-go boxes would probably be helpful. But this looks awesome, so yes. I couldn't possibly do that. In order to get the one thing that I want to say yes to, it means I have to say no to 83 other things this week. Next week I'll say yes to something else, and then it'll be 82 things. And then, So you just keep, you know, but keep going back. Just keep going back. Tip your servers well, right? Take care of it. But you can't say yes to everything. If you do, you will explode in your personal life, and your stomach, if you're at McAdoo's, right? So you look at things and you go, there's some things that I can't say yes to. They all look good. But there's one yes that's best. There's one yes that stands out. And I need to be willing to say yes to that, and that means I'm going to have to say no to some other things, maybe no to a lot of things. But you can't say yes to everything. And if you can't say yes to everything, then you have to learn to say no. But here's what I would tell you. If you do say yes, then be a person of your word and do what you're going to say that you're going to do. And so if you volunteer for something, you say, I'll give my time to this. I'll be here for you. Then be there. Volunteer and do your part. But if you volunteer for something and say, yes, I'll do this, and then a month later something else comes along and you go, oh, that looks fun too. Yes, I'll do this. Now that means I need to back off of my commitment to this. I'll still do it kind of, but I really want to do this. Now you're splitting yourself in two and you're going, "I, I can't be committed to the things that I want to be committed to fully. It drives me crazy when people say, yes, I'll do something, and then they don't do it. Or if they say, yes, I'll do something, but then they get involved in other things and they can't do it to the best of their ability just say yes to the thing you can do and be willing to say no to the things you can't. There might be something that comes up that you say, you know what, I need to say no to that now, even though I want to do it. I'll do that next time around. One of the decisions my family's been talking through right now is one of my sons wants to play uh, basketball uh, for this Upward Basketball League. And, And so he wants me to help coach his team. Well, if I get engaged in that, that's another night of the week and a Saturday. Well, guess what I love to do in the fall? I love to play basketball. I've been involved in playing rec League basketball. But if I'm going to coach my son's team, that means that I'm going to need to say no to playing rec League basketball because that would be an additional night or two of the week that I would be away from my family doing that, along with what we do with our church and community group and those kinds of things. So to say yes to my son means I'm going to need to say no to me. And that's okay because this is a better yes. And so I want to take advantage of that. Some of you may be in that same place where you've got a decision to make. I have a lot of things that I like to do. I have a lot of things that I want to do. Let there be a time where you say no to good things in order to say yes to great things. Here's the next blank on your outline. I think it's on your outline. If not, write it down. Every no serves a higher yes. Every no serves a higher yes. There's always something greater that when you say no, there's something greater you're saying yes to. The former British Prime Minister Tony Blair once said this, The art of leadership is not saying yes, it's saying no. The art of leadership is not saying yes, it's saying no. And that's true not just of running an organization or a nation or a church. That's true in your personal life. You lead your personal life best when you know what to say no to. You lead your personal life best when you leave room for things. And so as you're leading out in your life, and as you're looking at the health of your life, there are always going to be things that you need to say no to, but every no should serve a higher yes. And so you need to know what your mission is. And as it pertains to our faith, I think this is one of the ways that Satan seeks to keep us off mission with Jesus. He seeks to do that by making us busy. And so here's one of the strategies that I think Satan uses. If I want to make your spiritual life and your faith undisciplined, then I will make you undisciplined with your calendar. Because if I can make you undisciplined with your calendar, I can distract you from your faith journey. I can distract you from following Christ, from serving Christ, from being engaged in the way that you should be. If I can make your calendar crazy, then I can make your life crazy. I can make your faith a mess. And so Satan's key or one of his, his uh, strategies is to make us busy all the time. But when we know our mission, when we know what we want to say yes to, it makes it easier to say no to other things. Case in point for our church, we've said that the mission of our church is to be a church that makes disciples, to go and make disciples. So our vision is to reach the unchurched and make disciples by releasing people who love Jesus passionately and others irresistibly. So as a result of that, because we know our mission, we know our vision, that allows us to know what to say yes to, And it allows us to know what to say no to. Not too long ago, I had someone from outside of our church who came here to pitch a ministry idea and said this will be a really great thing for your church to get engaged in. If you guys would get involved, this is what it's about. It's going to take uh, having some part-time staff. It's going to take an additional office space. It's going to be this thing and all these different events. And here's what it's going to look like. And you're going to need to rearrange some things in your building to accommodate it. And I just kind of went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our mission and our vision is to make disciples and to release people who love Jesus passionately and others irresistibly in order to reach the unchurched. This doesn't accomplish that mission and vision for us. So while this is a good ministry, right now we need to say no. This doesn't fit where we're going. For us to be able to say our higher yes, to make disciples, to be on mission with Jesus, we need to say no to this good thing. And it was simple to be able to do that. Even as a people pleaser. It didn't take me long to go, you know, this just doesn't fit. It doesn't help us accomplish our mission and our vision. So do you know, in an individual level and as a family, do you know your mission and vision? So that you know what to say yes to and what to say no to? That will help you out tremendously. As you're following Jesus and as you're learning to let your yes be yes and your no be no, your no is always going to support a higher yes. So my hope is that your family would learn what it looks like to be able to say yes to the things that are important and no to things that are good but are less important as you pursue being a disciple-making family and a disciple-maker as an individual. And so if you start looking at your life and you say, you know what, I don't have time to meet consistently with people and be discipled or make a disciple, then there may be some things in your life you need to say no to. If you evaluate your life and you say, I don't have time to spend in fervent prayer and in daily Scripture reading, there may be some things that you need to say no to so that you can say yes to something better. If you look at your life and you say, you know what, it's hard for me to be at church consistently. I've always got something going on. I'm always chasing something else. I'm always doing this. Then there may be some things that you need to look at and say, Scripture says it's important to be consistently with the believers and worshiping together. So are there things I need to say no to so that I can serve a higher yes of being with God's people and having my life filled and in being taught and in being discipled and in being in fellowship with others? For a lot of us, it may very well be that we need to evaluate things and just say, what does my no serve to help me get to a higher yes? So Jesus said, Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. There are good things to say yes to. There are good things to say no to. But always let them point to the higher yes. All right? Let's pray together. Well, Father, we love you so much, and we're grateful, God, for the teaching of your word and for the things that you help us to figure out in life. God, this seems like such a simple thing. It seems like one of those things that we should just be able to say, yeah, it makes sense to be able to say yes to no. And yet the truth is, is that a lot of us in this room struggle with saying no. We need to be people who can say no to one thing in order to say yes to the better yes. To being a disciple. To making disciples. To being on mission with you. To leading our families. To being with your people. And so God, let all of those things be reflected as we follow after your heart. Help us to learn, God, what it is to say yes and what it is to say no. And we'll trust you to give us the guidance to do that by the power of your Holy Spirit living in us. We love you and ask and pray these things in Jesus' name.